Hey, it's from our London. I want to personally thank all of you who've been listening to the Mainstream Podcast Season 1. For the season finale, I jumped on Instagram for a special live edition and I shared my journey into the mainstream as a TV, radio presenter, live events host and content creator. Welcome to the Mainstream Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. The time has come. Ramel London, the mainstream, going live. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm just ready to dive in. So I think I will do that. I will dive in straight into how I became a TV and radio presenter. So it all started, if I'm honest, when I was about five, six, seven years old. Now, the thing is, I didn't actually want to be a presenter back then. I wanted to be a performer. I used to watch a lot of... um, TV shows, a lot of musicals, a lot of like, my mum was really, really, she exposed me to a lot of great things. For example, I grew up watching, loving shows like uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, The Real McCoy, um, The Desmond Show. And I saw a lot of black British or American actors and artists, um, Sister Sister, Keenan Nikel, loads of amazing um, black actors and performers, they were right in front of me. So that really kind of gave me the opportunity to realize this is something I could do. And um, I'm really thankful that my mom really encouraged me. Um, She didn't actually verbally encourage me, but she gave me opportunities to see a lot of talent, which I really, really appreciate her for. So I got to the age of about seven or eight. I loved watching Smart Guy. Do you not remember that show on Disney Channel? The younger people might not know, but Smart Guy was a show and he was super intelligent. And, <laughs> but he one day decided to tap dance. And me and my cousin, we were like, tap dancing? This is amazing, let's tap dance. Um, so I actually got out the yellow pages. I searched for tap dancing in my area. Me and my cousin talked about it with her mom, my mom, and they let us go. They let us go to tap dancing. Um, It got to the point where I was like, actually, this isn't for me. Um, (laughs) But then I was really immersed into the world of performing. So again, I was like, mum, can I do more? Can I learn more? So again, she was like, go ahead. Look for what you want. So I, I literally used to, again, Yellow Pages is something probably a lot of young people don't know what it is. It was basically a physical Google. (laughs) For your local area. And basically what you did is you go to tea look for tap dancing, see if there's one near you, you can call them up, you can find, you can see the location and you can find out how you can go and tap dance. So I started doing that for all kinds of things like musical theater, lots, lots more. And um, I started trying loads of different ways of performing. And as I done a bit of trial and error, I realized not everything was something that I wanted to do. And as I got older, like I, this was, this went on for a few years. I tried everything. Um, as I got older, it got to the point where I was like, actually, I don't know if I want to be a singer, a dancer or an actress, but I know I love being on the stage. And that's when I started looking at more options of how I could be a performer, but how I could be me. Once again, My mum loves the radio. She leaves the radio on 24 seven, like no joke. Call my mum now, ask her to go in the kitchen. You will hear the radio on. So 
I was exposed to Choice FM. That was my favorite radio station growing up. And to the point where I had to then walk to school listening to Choice FM, listening to The Breakfast Show, all that kind of stuff. And one day it dawned on me. I was like, these guys have the sickest job. I really thought about it and I was like, maybe that's something I could do. So I started researching. So around this was at around the age of 13, 14. So I started researching what being a presenter was and being on on the radio was. And then I realized that, you know, there are degrees or there are courses that you can do radio production. But at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't feasible. I didn't actually know how to get access to this. So instead, I um I used to do a lot of this is by then the internet was fully functioning. Um <laughs> So I used to do a lot of searches and I'd find all of the DJs and I'd message them. I'd be like, how did you become a presenter? How did you get on the radio? I'll be honest, sometimes I got air, but there were the occasional, especially my Choice FM elders, a lot of them did reply to me. They probably don't even remember this now. A lot of them did reply to me and just be like, listen, the best thing you can do is get work experience, join the Choice FM street team, um, you know, do a course, because they knew that I was at the age where I could go to college, I can go to uni. So boom, that was it. It's time to look for the perfect course for me. So um, funny story, GCSEs, I totally messed that up. I fumbled the bag. I took geography because I thought, if I'm gonna be a superstar, I need to learn how to travel the world. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> I also took, um, to be fair, I had to, my school was very, it was a bit complicated. You had to choose between drama and music. So I chose drama because I wanted to learn the performance skills, but I wish I studied music because of what I'm doing now. But anyway, we worked it out. Um, <laughs> but then eventually I got to college and that's when I could really whittle down what I wanted to study. So I studied psychology, I studied media studies. Again, I continued with drama and theater studies because I thought, you know, we gotta know, know how to perform, perform. Um, but yeah, and those were, the, those were the three courses that I took that got me into the University of Leeds. So I got three Bs. I was quite proud and that's all I needed to get in. So I was very happy. And I took myself to the University of Leeds to study broadcast journalism. So I'm gonna be honest with you. It was really hard trying to figure out what course I wanted to do. And also it was really hard leaving London. So many people were telling me, are you sure you want to go to Leeds to do broadcasting? Because everyone knows London is where, you know, it's it's usually been the place where everyone goes to do their career. But broadcast journalism was really highly recognised at the University of Leeds. And to be honest, I feel like I needed to leave. I needed to experience a little bit more outside of London. Because us Londoners, sometimes we get into this London bubble where all we think about is London life. So I actually really enjoyed the fact that I could go to, to a, a university that was highly recognised for the course. They had really great lecturers there. And I could get away. I could have some fun. Um, and that experience was amazing. I met some amazing people and I met some really, really incredible peers that really pushed me to kind of create regularly. And, and a lot of the people from Leeds really supported me because um, that's where I had the opportunity to have my first radio show. Um, I say I should say shows. My first radio shows were on Leeds Student Radio. Um, I'm really, really grateful for that opportunity. Um, I also don't tell anyone. 
I was on pirate radio. Um, <laughs> but again, I was on pirate radio in Leeds and that really gave me an opportunity to, you know, talk to the local community and have them interacting with me. And of course I was studying um, radio and TV production. So that again, helped me learn the, the theory behind it all, but also get to practice it in real life. So, you know, while I was learning, I was doing it. And that's something I'll always say to people. Make the most of your resources, the opportunities and where you are. Like, you know, I had to track down, uh, the, you know, the hottest pirate radio station or uh, we, we, we called it community. But I had to tra track down the hottest community radio station in Leeds. I had to, you know, pitch and create proposals to be on Leeds Student Radio, LSRFM. Um, I had to had to use the skills that I was learning and take them out. So uh, again, another another tip that I used and I'm so grateful for, we were allowed to hire out equipment at, on our course. So a lot of the time I hired out radio equipment. That's where I got some of my first interviews. I remember I t over the weekend, I heard Tiny Temper was gonna be in Leeds that weekend. So I hired out some equipment, audio equipment, took it, interviewed Tiny Temper. And this was around pass out days. So that was sick. Again, I was an opportunist. I was like, do you know what? I've got the equipment, let's do it. Um, I used to hire out the film equipment and I would, um, team up with people and be like, hey, can you film this? I want to go to this event. I want to cover this. I want to do that. I was, I'll be honest, I was really on the ball. I don't know who I thought I was, <laughs> but I was really on the ball and I was creating content while at uni because if I'm honest, a degree is amazing, but if you don't have the experience to back it up or at least a showreel to back it up, it's, it's just another piece of paper. Like, of course you're gonna have your qualifications, but when you get into the world, they wanna know what have you done? What have you done for me lately? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really grateful that I took the initiative to do a lot of these, these extra curriculum things. And again, they will tell you this at school, at college, at uni, do as much outside of the course as you can as possible as well. Um, but again, the fact that I was so active at uni and doing other things, because I was also the vice president of the Afro-Caribbean Society. I was also um, the women's captain of the athletics team. Um, I was very, you know, mixing with a lot of people. I knew a lot of the DJ, the local DJs as well. So people were getting to know me and I always got put forward for a lot of cool opportunities. One in particular was to be a Nike women's representative. Um, so this is where I used my athletics background because y'all, y'all didn't know I could run. Yes. Um, <laughs> I used my athletic skill and my performance skill to put myself forward for a Nike women's competition. And this was then to represent women in sport across the UK. Your girl won. I became one of 14 women to represent Nike for a whole year. So from 2008 to 2009, gosh, I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> I went around the country. This is in between uni life and everything I was doing. I went around the country and we, we did workshops. We filmed a lot of it. And they also asked me to be um, 
the official presenter for it. So guys, that's how I got my first ever showreel made. Yes, it was me being like a sports correspondent, meeting so many athletes, meeting so many incredible sports women. And it was just the first time I got to actually interview people. And this again is just from me being really active, being really out there, doing loads of different things. And, um, you know, I think again, not, not to a, a humble brag, my personality really led me to that opportunity because they they spotted me, they realized how charismatic I was about loving sport, but also loving being on camera. The two came together and that's how I ended up doing, presenting for Nike women. <laughs> Crazy, I know. So I eventually um, had a showreel and that's when it was getting to the end of my uni career or uni time experience and I was like oh my gosh I have a showreel all right I'm going back to London I can actually start showing people my showreel what I've been doing and get little pieces you know YouTube was right bang on time for me so I was just flinging loads of things on YouTube creating content posting things some of it's deleted now but um <laughs> but I used all of what I'd been building whilst at uni to create new opportunities so this is what led me to my return in London. I had a showreel. I sent it to every online platform, every radio station, every, every, everything. I sent this showreel everywhere. Do you know how many people replied? One. <laughs> Guys, it hurts. It really does hurt. You put all this effort in, but it's crazy who that person was. It was actually the, the founder of Link Up TV, Rashid, who saw my showreel and was like, you got something here. Cool. All right. But funnily, funnily enough, it took a year before we actually met and actually worked together because one thing led to another. I was finishing up uni. He was doing some changes at Link Up TV and we actually just didn't speak to each other for a whole year, which it happens. The industry moves fast, things, opportunities come and go. So I'd completely forgotten about it. So I'd finished uni, I'm back in London. I get a random phone call. Hey, Ramel, um, I'm, it's that guy, Rashid, yeah, Link Up TV, hi, hope you're well. Um, <laughs> we're planning on filming free interviews this weekend, are you free? What? My first opportunity was just a random call out of nowhere. And it was to interview some pretty cool artists who were on the come up at the time. And you may recognize these names still to this day because they're still active and very much in the music industry. Um, one was Baby Blue, a female rapper. One was Stutter, uh, a kind of grime rap MC from back in the day. And also another artist, uh, rapper, Merkston. They were my first three interviews for Link Up TV. I dare you to Google and look for them, but please don't send me the link because I don't want to see it. Um, <laughs> that was my first experience uh, doing online filming with a random person I'd sent my showreel to, um, unpaid. He told me, bring three changes of clothing because we're going to film it all in one go and we're going to make it seem like we've been doing this for ages. And, <laughs> and uh, basically, that was the start of my career at Link Up TV. So I ended up being at Link Up TV for seven years. This was um, 
filming at random events. We covered everything. We used to film at Bigger Fish. We used to film at Trace FM um, events. We used to film... Oh my gosh, the list goes on. We then created our own shows. We had the um, the Ramel London show. I dare you to watch that and find that as well. <laughs> Where we had so much fun. Uh, we took Crepton Cone and Go-Kart in. We took Wretch Free 2 to play badminton. We took G Fresh to play golf. We were doing all of these different things to kind of make ourselves shine. For me, it was making new showreel content that can then hopefully send to TV companies. Again, it was Link Up TV putting their name on the map as well. Um, it was just a combination and collaboration of two young creatives and, and a team behind us as well that were working really hard to just push and push and push and change the the content that we see online and YouTube. Because back then, not many people were doing what we're doing. We only, our only competitors were GRM and SBTV and they were big competitors, of course. And um, there were other online platforms as well, but it was us going head to head. We'd always see each other at the, at the press days and all that kind of stuff. So it was really crazy to see we've all kind of been on a journey together. So I, I highly, highly recommend getting out there guys and getting getting as much content going and and moving as possible because that's definitely definitely a big part of what made me um create my showreel and create a name for myself um another part that I actually missed was while I was at uni um like I said I had a lot of DJ friends and it got to the point where I was, me and my friends, in particular, Simone, uh, Rebecca, L'Oreal, Francis, when we went out, we shut it down. Like, we loved to dance. We loved to have a good time. <laughs> and we ended up becoming friends with a lot of the DJs, a lot of the local people in Leeds. And it got to the point where they, they started, like, knowing us. And again, because I said I wanted to be a presenter, the opportunity came where they asked me to be a host. Like, I'm talking MC in the club. Yo, everybody make some noise. Woo! That was me. <laughs> it's crazy to think that that was actually a part of my life. So it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I want to represent her. It makes sense. Let me try this. Let me see how it is. I loved it. Every Friday night, I jumped on the mic. I was hosting, hyping up the crowd. And that's where I really, really learned how to be a live events host. Um, thankfully, I didn't actually need bars. Like, I just was just, you know, using my personality. And because I'm just a natural energy person, energetic rather. Um, <laughs> but I'm an energy person too. It was kind of really easy for me to just get on the mic. And, you know, we were, we were young. We were at uni. We were actually loving raving. I always said it like, yeah, I'm getting paid to rave. <laughs> but also, I didn't realise that this is the start of a whole new lane in my presenting uh, career. So fast forward a few years, left uni, and I realised that I fell in love with live music events. And that's when I attended an event called I Love Live. I Love Live absolutely changed my life. That's where I was able to witness some of the biggest acts live in front of my face on a stage doing open mic. Crazy, in a small, intimate, 100 capacity venue. I saw Ed Sheeran, Jessie J, 
again, Tiny Temper, Retri2, all of the names that you know exist right now, they all grace the I Love Life stage. I knew I had to be a part of it. I knew one day I'm going to host this event. That's, this is the kind of energy I had. This is what I used to tell myself. I'm going to host this. Don't you worry. So um, I went to the events regularly. Like this was at the point, back then it was like weekly. I used to go down there every week. I'd pay my, I think it was five pounds or, or seven pounds to get in on guest list. Every week I'd go down there and I'd let the team know, hi guys, I love I love this event. Um, I'd love to work with you guys. And they'd be like, okay, there's not actually any opportunities here, but you know, we'll keep in touch. And, <laughs> and then eventually it got to the point where they were actually looking for people to do guest lists. And I was like, hey, I can do guest lists. I can get people to come. I can promote the event. Da, 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 da. So they were like, okay, this girl's keen. So the more I spent time around the, the team and working with them and get to know them and telling them I'm a presenter, I really want to present, opportunities opened up. I asked them, or it was the opportunity arose that I could um, help do filming behind the scenes. And then I could do interviews backstage. And then eventually I became one of the faces of I Love Live. And then eventually when one of the presenters, the legend that is Ras Kwame, um, he had to take, he was taking time away. Um, he was abroad working on something else. They asked me, Ramel, would you like to host I Love Live? That right there, blew my mind. I remember told everyone. I told everyone, my guest list was popping off. It was the most epic night. And I'm pretty sure that was my first night and Lady Leisha performed and it went absolutely off. Like it was like so sick. And that was again, such an, uh, a, a moment in my career where I realized, okay, I'm a part of the scene. I'm a part of, I'm a part of the live music events uh, industry. And again, from then, people started booking me for their events because they just realized how, how tapped in I was. So, so I'm working with Link Up TV at this time. So I'm doing online and then I'm also doing I Love Live. And then not too long after, another opportunity arose. What's Up TV? So a friend of mine, AJ King, he was a presenter for What's Up TV and he always told me about it. Yeah, they're great. It's a great company. And I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. And um, I heard that they were looking for presenters. But lucky for me, they reached out to me because <laughs> they saw my work on Link Up TV. They'd heard about my work at I Love Live. They'd, um, another radio station that I used to work at, Bang 103.6 FM, it's now um, The Beat London. Um, some of the team that I worked with there, they, because I used to be an assistant there and I used to um, help uh, be a, uh, help run the street team and do events with them. I'm telling you guys, I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> One of the team that worked at um, Bang Radio also worked with WhatsApp TV and he suggested that I come in and film. I'm talking no audition, no, and this is, this is not normal for a lot of jobs. No audition, no, um, not, not, not much that, you know, prep, or anything, I got thrown straight into the dive end, um, the dive end, the deep end, <laughs> but I dived in, and I was asked to do a, a presenting job for What's Up TV, which was gonna be on Pick TV. Once again, guys, my 
TV career was about to be presented and handed to me because of all the other work that I'd been doing. So again, they'd seen my show run I Love Live um, or, or from Link Up TV. They'd heard about me hosting I Love Live, so they knew that I could I could manage to present to cameras and all that kind of stuff. And I had my first TV gig. It's crazy. And um, I'll be honest, I haven't had to do many auditions or many, um, I haven't had to pitch myself that often because a lot of the time I get really great opportunities because of all the work I did myself and all the networking and meeting people that I did myself. Like I really did spend a lot of time getting to know everyone that I needed to know in the industries and organizations that I wanted to work with. And thank God, a lot of it just came to fruition very naturally and organically. And that's what I've loved about this journey. Cause you know, it's, it's interesting. There's loads of different presenters that, that, that pop up for many different reasons, whether they, whether they, you know, they're, they're trained as a journalist and then they've moved over to TV or, or they were on Love Island or some kind of reality show. And, you know, they might've already wanted to be a presenter, but that was the thing that really catapulted them. Everyone has different ways to get into the industry. But for me personally, I love that I was able to create my own, um, content and, work with other people to create content and put it out there. Because if I'm honest, when I left uni, a lot of the presenter-led TV shows, like, you know, back in the day, Top of the Pops was on every every week. Um, you know, uh, uh, MTV had regular presenters like Trevor Nelson and like they had TRL. And like, there was so many, that we had Channel 4, had T4. That's where June Sarpong started her career. So many TV platforms were welcoming presenters but it's, it's it's weird as soon as I left uni all of those shows disappeared I don't know what it is but I guess I was meant to be a creative and I was supposed to create my own stuff so this is where I went on to creating my live event show rate me please uh the showroom which was an online live music showcase where uh, or actually as an entertainment showcase where loads of different people could show off their talent and again I was very very out there you know at events, filming, um, interviewing people, but also I was very vocal. I was very opinionated. So I used to post a lot of like my vlogs and, and my opinions about things that are happening in the, in the UK music scene and whatnot. And, um, people started to know me for that as well. So I became kind of like a cultural commentator. <laughs> and, and there was one particular video that, actually, I'll be honest, there were two particular videos. And for some reason, they always seem to uh, revolve around Skepta. Anywho, um, <laughs> one video was by Skepta. Uh, it, I cringe every time I think about it. It's called Sex All Over the House. That went viral for so many reasons. I made a video about it and that, for me, ended up going viral. Then another video um, that went viral was about uh, the Brit Awards, where Kanye West performed. He invited Stormzy, Skepta, and loads of other artists to, to kind of perform with him on stage, but they didn't actually perform. They didn't actually rap. They were just there. So I did a really passionate video where I was... I was expressing my annoyance at the industry and why at the Brit Awards it takes Kanye West for UK artists to be able to have an opportunity to be on stage. Again, this video blew up. 
loads of mixed opinions because I think a few other artists like Big Nasty made some comments about uh, calling them backup dancers. I never said backup dancers, but I did say I would have liked it if more spotlight had been on the UK artists and not just Kanye. I would have liked it if he passed the mic to them, which eventually he did. They ended up doing a, a, an event at um, Coco and it was a whole Skepta, Stormzy, Kanye event. So I feel like I spoke that into existence. But anyway, <laughs> they, a lot of online people were like shocked at me expressing controversial views. So then I started getting contacts contacted by uh, BBC Radio One Extra and they were like, who is this girl? Charlie Sloth interviewed me asking me, what's your thoughts? What's your views? I used to do a lot of panel discussions, all that kind of stuff. And I was active, I was out there. So it got to the point where once again, radio opportunities were uh, were coming in. So I actually um, ended up doing a pilot for BBC Radio and Extra. Um, I got some opportunities to be a, a cover presenter on the station. This ended up being for three years. And it was a really, really great time of being able to just see what it's like to be on national radio. Absolutely loved every minute of it. But the fact that I didn't have my own show and I was just a cover presenter was quite irritating. So I ended up getting a message from my old buddies, my old pals at Capital, because I did have a, uh, a two-year run. I, I did actually skip this by accident. Um, I did have a two-year run where I worked at Capital FM on The Breakfast Show with Dave Berry and Lisa Snowden. Such an incredible two years um, of my radio experience life. Um, and I met a lot of people at Capital. I met a lot of the bosses and, and a lot of people moved up the ranks as well. And they remembered me and they'd kept their eyes on me. They'd seen that I'd been doing stuff at BBC Radio One Extra. They'd seen that I'd been doing my online stuff. And I eventually got asked if I would like to do a pilot at Capital Extra. Oh, it was controversial. <laughs> These are two radio stations that heavily compete against each other regularly. So I felt torn and I felt like I had left the capital and the choice FM world behind me because I did do work experience there, but I didn't get opportunities to be on air. So that's why I did eventually go to BBC Radio One Extra because I, I got opportunities to have airtime. But when the airtime was then restricted to only being a cover presenter, it makes you think, do I go back? Do I not? So I had a long talk with a lot of people, got a lot of advice. And I and I honestly highly recommend having people in the industry that you can talk to, confide in and, and you know, just try to be rational about your decisions and weigh up the pros and cons. And loads of people were really supportive. Even some people that used to work at the BBC as well, who were like, just be honest with yourself. Would you rather be a cover presenter or would you rather have your own show? So, you know what happened, ended up moving to Capital Extra and I've been there for the last three years. Gosh, it's moving so quickly. Um, and I've absolutely loved being on Capital Extra and I, I feel like all the different experiences that I've had of doing student radio, pirate radio, community radio at Bang, um, having other little stints at different stations and then of course BBC One Extra, and then moving on, I learned so much about the radio industry in general that it's all kind of come together and helped me figure out what 
I am as a presenter and what I like, what I don't like and how much I can give. So I never knock any experience. I never um, frown upon any like awkward situations because there were a lot of awkward situations in there. That's for another that's for another live. I'll tell you that next time. But um, <laughs> but honestly, it's all about experience. Work experience is key. I will always say this to people in any shape or form that you can get experience about understanding the industry. I highly recommend it. So I want to give you guys my top five tips to make it in the industry. Um, and then we'll get to your questions. So for me, number one, networking is key so so key meet as many people in the industry as possible so that might be going to networking events that might be actually just looking for them on social media or on linkedin linkedin is amazing um you know but try and meet people that you want to work with in the industry who or or people that can just give you advice can guide you can help point you in the right direction so networking comes in all shapes of and forms and sizes networking is key number two do not be afraid to ask for opportunities. Like I said, so many times I was like sending emails. Hi, I'm Ramel. I'd love to do work experience. Hi, I'm Ramel. I'd love to shadow you. Hi, I'm Ramel. I'd just love to work in the same room as you because you're amazing. <laughs> Not in a creepy way. But <laughs> there's so many times where... I'm so glad I did ask. And there's also times that I'm, I kick myself for not asking questions, not asking for opportunities because there's the likelihood is there is opportunities out there. You just have to be brave enough to ask and you have to look for them too. So please, please, please do not be afraid to ask for opportunities. Like I did at I Love Live, I said, look, I want to work with you guys some way, shape or form. Eventually I ended up hosting the event. Crazy, right? Cool. Number three. DIY, do it yourself. Listen, this industry is mad. There are going to be opportunities. There are going to be times where you feel like doors are being closed. Um, the kind of things you want to make don't exist. Do it yourself. If you've got an idea that you can't wait to see on TV, create it, film it. Like I said, you were networking earlier. Like I said, you, you should ask people, uh, do you know how I can get this, this idea off the ground? Do it yourself. DIY mentality. That is the only way your, your unique USP will be able to shine. You can eventually create your own opportunities and it could be picked up. Like I said, I had so many online vlogs and so many online shows, live events where people were being like, okay, I've seen you do this. So if I book you, can you do that for me? Do it yourself, create the opportunities. So as much as asking for the opportunities, please, please, please create them too. <laughs> so that's number three, DIY. Number four. So it's kind of following on from that. Do not let no's knock you back, please. Because honestly, no's come. This, com this, this industry is so tough and you have to have thick skin. I've cried many a times. You can ask any of my friends, my family. I have cried, cried, cried because I didn't get the job I wanted. I didn't get the opportunity I wanted. But honestly, guys, it will make you stronger. And maybe it wasn't for you. There's been so many things that I thought this would be the perfect job for me. And then when I didn't get it and I had an opportunity to look at it and see, mm, 
I wouldn't have liked that, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you have to have the no to realise that wasn't for you. Because you might have done something, hated it, that could have been the end of your career. I'd hate for that to happen to you. So don't let the no's or the missed opportunities get you down too much. Because really and truly, your mental health is really important. This job requires a lot of your time, your energy, your brain. Do not consume it with what could have been. Focus on what you can achieve and what you have in front of you. So that is number four. Do not let no's knock you back or down. And finally, I'm so extra. Number five, <laughs> just do it. There's no time like now. Honestly, if you have an idea, please just do it. I know I used to work for Nike women, <laughs> but it's unrelated. It's unrelated. Just do it. Please, guys, if you have an idea, get out there, uh, meet the right people, start working on it, start planning, start researching, keep going. Just do it. Create. Be great. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but sounds good anyway. Just do it. There's so many opportunities that you can be the face of. So don't be afraid to get in there and do it yourself. Right, I hope that has been helpful, guys. I literally rattled on for a whole 37 minutes. My goodness. But honestly, guys, I really appreciate you guys tuning in, chatting with me. Um, this will be available for you to listen back to, watch back, so please do share it. And thank you so much. I have been Ramel London. This is The Mainstream. Thank you so much. Have a blessed evening and take care. Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.